Welcome to Heal. On today's episode, Corey Three Wing Thorell returns to Heal to yet again rock our world and take us beyond our circumstances with step-by-step guidelines on how to live a created life. I can't get over how valuable this episode is and stay with me as I fall into his coaching in my own life. Oh yeah, this is officially our 50th episode of Heal. No better topic to celebrate that with than creation itself. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. OMG, dude, I've got the amazing, (laughs) invincible, magical, beyond this world, Corey Three-Wing Thorell, coach Mm. extraordinaire, back again. Round two. two. Round two. God, this is just so awesome. And thank you so, 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 so much for coming and spending some more of your time to share with us about, I mean, you've grown so much in the last year. Oh, Sarah, it's so, it's so true. You know, and when, you know, when we last got together, you know, the feedback that I got from our time together on this podcast, yeah, from my own community as well as a bunch of reach out from strangers, has been really awesome. Yeah, it's been really flattering and validating, and as well a moniker to the excellence of what you're doing here inside of Heal. You. you know. Uh, yeah, and more, a lot of people in my tribe are now following you, which Yay! I hear I from them hear all the time. Like, <laughs> actually know her? Your friend? I'm like, yeah, she is. That's right. That's right. No, <laughs> I'm just a regular role. Joe. Yeah. Oh my God, I love it. Well, and I, I'm so excited about this episode and to come back to where, you know, circle back to where we started and then go beyond, right? We talked a lot about joy and finding your joy and what it is, what is, what does it even mean? Like we literally defined joy, defined how to discover what your joy is in your life. And, you know, many of these podcasts, I'm highlighting disease, quite frankly, and kind of the dark side of what people are dealing with. And so I'm loving this opportunity to really go into the light and parallel that the healing journey for anybody, there is a point where we get, you know, I tell my clients this, like usually most of the time people come to me in crisis. Although I will say about 20, I don't know, it might be a little high, 15 to 20% of the people that come to me are healthy by all conventional standards. And they're really looking for maximum well-being, performance and or longevity. Like I'm you know, 65 years old and I want to live to be 110 and just die of old age one day because I decide I'm done being on this planet. Right. And how do we do that? Because there's not a lot of conversations for how, what, what, what do you do about that to actually be like at cause in that. And I always say to my clients though, that most of them come to me in a state of crisis, emergent or long-term chronic stuff they've been dealing with and they're frustrated Okay, the phase one is we're going to deal with just you feeling better. We're going to work both the palliation side and the healing side, healing as in like truly restoring your body and getting you to feel better. But there's this magical moment that happens. And for some people, it's a year in, some people, it's a little bit longer, two or three years in where most of that shit's been handled and like, they're pretty much good to go. There's stuff they have to deal with, but then there's this like abyss in front of them, this big, almost like their life has been so about their health and their well-being and healing that it's like, well, who am I if I'm not my disease or my crisis? 
And I think that's so powerful and so important that we actually have structures for following our heart, following our bliss. What are we here to fulfill on creation of our dream life, which is a big deal to me. And so I bring in, you know, the expert that I know in this arena of master of joy and what is it to create your dream life? Well, you know, Sarah, I got to say right off the bat, you know, I work with a lot of people coming to me from a very similar place. They're working with, you know, a diagnosis, but they're coming to me for mindset. They're looking like, I need to know how to think about my situation. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I think about so often especially with someone who's suffering or struggling or trying to figure out a difficult situation, a big life change, a divorce, it got fired from a job, whatever it is, you know, but specifically with health body issues, like pretty much no matter what major diagnosis just happened for you, you're probably still 90, 95% perfectly healthy. You're breathing, you're alive. (laughs) Totally. You know, so your focus here sometimes with this gigantic diagnosis is Oh, my identity just became my illness where, you know, say, okay, that's just a part of your story. Let's turn about face 180 degrees and say, wait a second, I am 90% perfect. And I have a little detail. Then you look at everybody in the world and their imperfect bodies too. And they're working on it too. So, you know, I wanted to, or where we left off last time, we talked about the power of joy and what it means to be able to from a difficult situation, whatever's going on in your life, whatever bump in the road just you just hit, whatever flavor that is, is that when you remember joy or happiness and you remember it a little bit more so you can actually feel what it feels like to remember that joyous thing, then your entire vibration changes. All of a sudden your ability for aha moments and inspiration opens up. Because when we're scared and terrified, our aha moments and inspirations get shut down because literally our physical body goes into flight and flight and fix mode. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to save our own life and adrenaline shuts down everything, right? So, okay, hold on a second. Let's take a step back, right? So, all right, now we, I want to go a step further in today's podcast. Awesome. Like, I want to say, all right, what is it to choose a life you love and let's yeah. go a step further not only just choose it but create it and live it yeah right so i want to i want to go down this journey let's like what are those steps how in the heck do you put that into action that's yeah. where i'm hanging out good so i promise to not have this be a coaching session for me that's not the point <laughs> but but i gotta just i just gotta like lay this out because i mean i'm really known my listeners know i i i lay it bare in this podcast all the time And to be honest, the last couple episodes that I've recorded, I've been holding back because I've been going through a lot. And what I notice is, you know, be damned my stupid intention to make this podcast because I'm literally like, oh, it's always so relevant to me. Whenever I record an episode, I'm like, this is exactly, and this is exactly what I'm dealing with. Like, I can just be totally honest. Like, I've been resisting creation and I've been resisting joy. And that sounds ridiculous, but I have been. And it's like, and I literally just moved to New York. I'm 4.3 miles down the street from my parents. I am literally three quarters of a mile from the shore of Lake Ontario. Like I'm, this was as close to buying on the water property as I could afford right now. And it's pretty darn close. Like I have such amazing, you know, and I'm so excited about being here 
mentally, like my brain can say that, but I haven't been feeling it in my body. What I've been feeling in my body for the last two months is terror and sadness and depression. And like, I've literally, I know better because I have a lot of structure on me, but I've had some concerns like, am I actually depressed? And now for me, it's depression. I know is temporary. It's like circumstantial. And with Justin, you know, I've shared a couple of times on this podcast about my partner and he and I have been going through a lot in this transition, like questioning our relationship. Like, is there a future for us together in partnership in New York or have we already outlived that? And like, is it time for us to make a different decision or creation about who we are for each other? That's no longer romantic partners. And, you know, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure we're working it out. But <laughs> it's, it's been, it's so this, and it's just like, as I've been looking and I was talking to some of my clients this morning, I'm noticing there's this new opportunity here in this new place, in this new house. I have this canvas in front of me to create my life. And I, I am ready for it and I am excited for it. And I can see how for the last year I resisted the heck out of it. Now I know the pandemic played a role in that, but I also know a lot of people in my life that created magic this whole last year. And I'm like, hmm, well, that's interesting. And I've had the chronic fatigue syndrome and I'm in a new phase in that too, like, which maybe will come up here, but I'll definitely be sharing more about like this next chapter, year two almost of chronic fatigue. Cause it's a whole different ball game than what I was doing before, but you know, perfect timing. So I'm excited and I'm on the edge of my seat and I'm a little bit nervous. Right <laughs> well, I really want to say out loud right here, right now that I'm coming from a belief system around everything that we're talking about is that we are not broken, mm. right? Sometimes we totally fall into this place of something doesn't feel right. I need to fix something. I'm not perfect. You know, and, you know, and all six or seven of the self-sabotaging identities all of a sudden kick into full gear and stop any possible creation whatsoever, yeah. right? But what I want to say is that's the human condition. We all do that. We all have it in common you're not special because you're hesitant or feeling broken. We all do it, every one of us, which is when we can rally around, hold hands in the circle and show up for tribe when tribe needs us the most because yeah. we are perfect the way we are. So I just want to like right at the very top of this conversation is to say, you may feel broken, but you're not. Nobody is. Yeah. We are perfect the way we are. I want to say that right out the gate. I understand that it may not feel that way. And I understand that that may be gigantic and totally stop you in your tracks and, and not know what to do next, but that's okay. That, that's okay. Being uncomfortable is the best invitation for change. Awesome. It's the best invitation for change. Because so I got lots of it. So that I must be yeah, like, <laughs> my invitation is huge. I got red carpet uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and a broken down limousine out front. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Awesome. Cool. So good. Let's do just a brief, brief recap. So people who haven't listened to episode one of this, you know, two-part series now, it can get in touch with that piece about joy. Like, how do we know? This sounds crazy at one level, but like, how do we know what is our joy? There we go. All right. So, well, joy, you know, like if, if uh, let's just go back in time for a second. All of you, if you just take a second and let's go back to being, say, six, seven years old and we're on the swing set. 
right? And the birds are chirping and there's nothing but that, just swinging in the wind, right? And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, went a little too high and you got butterflies in your belly. <gasps> whoa, there it is. And then maybe there's that courage to maybe jump out of the swing. Maybe, just, oh, do I dare? Do I dare? <gasps> I just did it and I actually landed on the grass and I tumbled just fine. Now there's a memory there. We all have a memory of maybe being on the swing set. Or maybe there's another one of like jumping in the swimming pool. And all of a sudden we go off the diving board and it's scary and then <gasps> we're underwater and we, we come up out of the water and we did it. It's just fine. It feels really good. It, we've achieved something. And there's an emotion there of joy. Now, okay, now I dare to say, just by remembering the swing set, or maybe that jump into the lake or the pool, that every one of us went, oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. We remember that feeling. Maybe we get those butterflies in our tummy right now, thinking about going too high on that swing set. Whoa, there it is. Okay, now we just relived a little bit of joy together. Right, you know, just remembering joy, remembering our emotions, stepping into them enough to go, oh yeah, I do know what that is, right? And then one step further say, okay, I'm not in a joyful place right now. I'm struggling in whichever flavor of struggle, right? But be remembering to say, wait a second, I'm gonna push the pause button. I'm going to remember a joyful time and I'm gonna remember it in enough detail to feel it. So to actually experience joy. Now our brain, our consciousness, especially our subconscious, doesn't know the difference between right here, right now and a memory when we attach our emotions to it. All of a sudden we just experience it in the right here, right now. And now by stepping into that power of joy as one example, right? All of a sudden, Shazam, we relax a little bit. Our muscles soften. We take a bigger breath and our consciousness opens up to inspiration. And all of a sudden we stop problem solving because we're, you know, when we're freaked out, we're looking at a problem we don't know how to handle. But then all of a sudden when we aha a little bit and we relax and we open to inspiration, those problems metamorphosize into a challenge, not a problem, but a challenge. Right now, all of a sudden you get to walk up that hill as opposed to push a rock up a hill, right? All of a sudden there's something possible in your situation because you chose an emotion that is comfortable, that allows for exploration into possibility. How'd I, I do wanna, I wanna, this is so good. I wanna put this on the court and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna use me as an example, what I've been dealing with. So here's what I just heard and what you said is like, when you first were talking about it, I could kind of picture like I've I've been cliff jumping when I was a you know young teenager. And like cliff is probably too big of a word for me. It was like little peak jumping. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I remember that like being on the edge. I was in Oregon. I had gone to Mount Hood to do their glacier summer ski camp program. And they would have us up at 6 a.m. And we would be up, you know, ski racing all day and training in the summertime. And then the snow would be too wet. You know, it gets too hot by about noon and everyone's off the hill by one. And so then in the afternoons, we do all kinds of different activities. And one day they took us to a really safe swimming hole and we did cliff jumping. 
And I just remember standing on the edge, staring down for, I don't know how long. And if I had just like gotten up there and jumped, it wouldn't have like, but then I psyched myself out. I was up there forever, but I did eventually. And I don't know, it might've been like 15 or 20 feet. I remember it being at least 60, but I'm sure it was like 12. (laughs) And that exact feeling of like, the final launch, then there was like a gap where I don't really remember much and then hitting the water and then the like (gasps) coming up out of it. So like I got totally recreated and present to that whole thing, but it was like, then bam, this like flooding in of this sense of, oh my God, I did it. Facing my fears, the exhilaration. And then I started thinking about some other different examples of things that I've done and like that, like I got there. And then actually the place I landed was when I got Henry, my golden retriever, he's three years old, like a couple weeks ago. And, you know, being around him as a puppy and just the love and the joy and the goofiness. And he was this little roly poly 10 pound belly that had four little feet that stuck out of it. And he would like flop all over himself and run around. And like literally every day, there was just that joy experience of cuddling with him and playing with him and watching him. And then I start to look at like, for instance, my relationship this last year and, you know, Justin, you know, not there was anything broken by me, but he rescued me right when I met him literally at the bottom of the chronic fatigue crash. I hadn't been diagnosed yet. My whole life was coming unglued. My body wasn't behaving the way I was used to. And that's right when we met. And our entire relationship has been inside of my healing journey because I was looking and I was like looking for moments of joy that I had had with Justin and realized there's been a ton of love and there was a good amount of passion in the beginning, but we went on with life and did a good job kind of killing that off, which we're working on getting back. <laughs> and there hasn't been a lot of those experiences, but I can see where I lost it. I can see where I stopped being intentional about connecting to it. I can see where I, you know, I can find these like nice moments, these sweet moments, but that like exhilarated joy on the edge of life, fully alive, ecstatic. Like I'm just looking and I'm getting like, Mm -hmm. I haven't been tending to that. So then my brain is like, well, of course you start questioning this relationship. Of course I start saying, well, I don't know, maybe we're not meant for each other, blah, blah, blah. Like, Mm -hmm this every, you know, relationship has a season, a time or whatever. Like I go through all those thoughts and it's like, but I can see literally a practice that's been missing. For sure. And this, what we're talking about here, it is a discipline in focus. Mm -hmm. Just like when you go to the gym and you work out your muscles or you work out your tension at the gym. Now this is brain gym, right? We're doing some brain gym by focusing on, you know, what you're thinking about now, okay? So much of the, of the root of my existence as I believe wholeheartedly that we manifest what we think about, mm. right? Totally, full on. Like as a coach, I'm not here to teach you to create. You're already creating as a master and you have since you took your first breath yeah. as a baby, right? What I'm here to do as a coach is to help you think about what you want to create as opposed to react to the world, you know, and create more of that reaction, right? So in that mindset training, it's mindset training about, you know, I often refer to this as it's a way mentality or toward mentality. Where are you spending 
more than 50% of your time in your focus? Is that, are you more aware most of the time of what you're running away from, what you don't want? Most of us are really, really good at quickly with no rehearsal, making a very long detailed list of the shit we cannot stand and what we do not want, what we're not gonna tolerate. And we can tell you why, what color, how big and go on and on and on. All right, now 180, one step toward the other direction to the away mentality. How good are we and fast are we at making the list that says, I love this and, it, and why, and it makes me feel this because it does that and I can't, I'm gonna do it and there's no other choice and I'm well down the road and I feel amazing. What is that list? What's your dream list? What makes you feel amazing, mm. right? Most of us don't have this training. Yeah. And, I'm, and what I'm saying is that's perfect because you know, part of the human journey, we arrive in this world as a pure creative divine spirit. But now we're gonna have a human experience. In order for, to have a human experience, we, we fall into duality or polarity, right? So in order to understand the human experience, to, have a du to understand duality, to understand warm, we have to know that cold and hot are different. Up and down are opposites, good and bad. You know, all of these things are the place we begin and then as little children, part of the human journey, we install a problem-solving mindset. We all do it. We all have this in common, the human journey. Now, all of a sudden, when we're little, you know, babies, and all of a sudden we realize if I act this way, mom's going to do that. If I don't act this way, dad won't do that. Right now, this basic structure starts our problem solving mentality as children. And now all of a sudden, we're giving our power away to solve problems and get the things that we need. And this is perfect. This is also perfect. You know, and so much of this problem solving mentality gets us going, it teaches us to survive. And most importantly, of all, the most important part is that every one of these decisions that we make that teaches our subconscious to hold these habits that we have a lifetime hard, that they're hard to break. But every one of those was put in place because it keeps us safe. Our subconscious number one role in all of these things is to keep us safe, to keep us alive, to keep us going. You're so, this is like, <laughs> I'm trained. I did 10 years of intense <laughs> training on exactly this same. I mean, you and I came from different structures around it, right? Like a lot of my training and it's all over the podcast has been through a company called Landmark and Landmark Education, which is now Landmark Worldwide. And I was a leader in there, you know, and did a lot with them. And, and it made a huge difference for me in, you know, this exact space of mindset training and, you know, working with possibilities and what am I out to create? And, and yet I'm so seeing that like, whatever it was, and, and I do believe I needed to go through this last year, the way that I did, I, I, you know, and, and I've talked about, I really have noticed my life operates in these decade eras and I turned 40 last summer and I turned 41 this summer. And I can see these like major shifts that have happened for me about every 10 years, which is funny. Cause like 
I always love all the spiritual numbers like seven and, you know, nine and like, whatever. Nope. It's 10. Go figure. I've got, 10. You know. But, you know, when I was 30, I was getting a divorce and moving from Montana to Arizona and like completely reinventing my practice. I had really only been in practice for two years at that point. And so my launching of being online and a consultant and all the things that I've opened up around how I practice medicine and, and work as a consultant, all of that happened in 2012. And so it was right at that, that brink into my early thirties. And my thirties were just about this, this huge growth period. And it was like, I had some friends talk about this last year for me was the, you know, the caterpillar becoming the butterfly where I had to go into the chrysalis and then you become goop in the middle. And there's been a lot of goop and like, cause there is no caterpillar and there's no butterfly for a whole period of time in there. You cut it open. There's just mush. It's genetic potential. (laughs) And I've been in the mush state and like resisted conversations of creation. People be like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I want a good night's sleep. And I think maybe that is part of what happens when we're deep in a well-being crisis is we do have to kind of focus on the survival predominantly. Although I have a client right now got diagnosed with colon cancer and that woman will not stop creating. She is creating and creating. She's getting a port installed for her chemotherapy and she's having a port party and they're having the coming out of her port and they're going to meet the new port in town. And like, I mean, like this whole, like she, I mean, rock star, right? Exactly. This rock star of creation. So, I mean, that just teaches me. Yeah, for sure. But everything that you're saying, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm overdue to get in touch with my dream list. You know, what brings me absolute joy? What has me totally lit up to really connect into that? For sure. So I want to, I want to finish the thought on the human journey. Good. This is, you know, this is an entire section that we could do. We can do an entire podcast just on this one topic of the human journey, but we've just opened up the front end of it. And so this, I just want to button it up in a quick little Great. summary of what the human journey is. Now, so often we will see another version of it that we're very familiar with, with Joseph Campbell and Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Like it's very similar where we have a young hero who starts young and innocent, but then all of a sudden there's a problem that needs to be solved. And then we have to go on a mission and then we meet heroes and mentors and support. And then we go to battle to fight for what we believe in. And then we get wounded, but then we stand up okay. And then all of a sudden we win that battle. And then there's the journey home with treasure and wisdom. And then we arrive home as the pure creative spirit once again. So in the human journey that I referred to earlier, where we all of a sudden identify as wounded, like the human wounding. Now, this isn't being stabbed with a dagger. The wounding I refer to in this human journey is is that trade. I'm going to give my power away to make sure I am safe, to be fed and taken care of. Now, all of a sudden, let's say you're 25 years old, right? And you're still in this problem-solving mentality. And you've been busy proving it to yourself and the world the entire time that I am here to solve problems, right? Now, so, and if you're convinced that you're here to solve problems, that means you're looking for problems and you will find them for sure because we manifest what we think about. Now, there's this big moment. Now, to keep this short, all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. Now you're struggling, you have a diagnosis, you're uncomfortable, there's an opportunity to change. Now, on the human journey, this is called the wizard's gate. You're approaching the wizard's gate where all of a sudden you see the potential for change. There's an inspiration to do something different. Be that take a class, heal, go on a healing journey, 
change your perspective, do something different, where you take your power back and you do something for yourself. Now, this is self-love at its highest, to work on yourself, right? Now, we, we're going to take selfish and we're going to ask superconscious and the world to say, all right, we're going to work on that definition. We're going to take all negativity out of the word selfish and make it the most loving, positive thing in the world. Done. Okay, we're just going to assume that's done. Now we're at the wizard's gate. We're going to go through and say, now I'm going to create something I love. I'm going to step into that joy. I'm going to remember that joy, that thing we were talking about when we first began. What did that feel like? Oh, there it is. And I want more of that. And so what makes me joyful? What, is the, what are those things that make me feel good? Where's my inspiration? Now, this is where true nature and purpose, living a life you love, stepping into true health and vitality and owning being the predominant creator of your life comes into play. Now you're through the wizard's gate, you're trying it out, but maybe, oh, I don't know, it feels good, I'm doing the thing, maybe, just maybe. And then, dun, dun, heavy organ music comes in here. <laughs> Resistance kicks in big time. Yeah. Like now we're gonna question everything about all of these fanciful, sparkly unicorn rainbow ideas and you're full stopped. Yeah. Bam. Now I'm stuck questioning everything. Now, this is the oscillation. Here's the fork in the road. Now, one of those things, what most of us do at first, several times as we learn to take our power back is that we go right back into wounded mentality, problem solving and say, yeah, I tried a thing and that sucked. And I think, you know, I'm terrible. And that was awful. And I'm going to go back and prove to the world that I'm still problem solving and I don't deserve it. I, I'm not perfect. I don't get to, I don't, I'm not worthy. All the I'm not the marrying type. I'm just not set out to be in a relationship I this time. Maybe to. it's not my journey. This, you know, oh yeah. These are all thoughts that have gone through my head. I mean, right. oh yeah. Yep. Right. And so then resistance becomes a thing. Yep. Now this is a big thing. I want, this is one of the big pieces I wanted to talk about today with resistance. It's a super important thing. Now, often resistance feels like the biggest derailment ever. You know, like, oh my God, I just paid a thousand dollars and I'm taking a class and halfway through, I just bottomed out and didn't do it. Or whatever it is, I got a new job and I mm, didn't quite work out. Or I started a new business and I spent a ton of money and totally lost everything. Okay, now I'm telling you my story. These are all my stories. Yep. You know, yep. why, why I know I can talk about this, right? <laughs> you know, it's okay. So then that human journey, that resistance, we're going to talk about resistance a little bit more, but to finish human journey, you get through resistance, you understand its usefulness, you understand where it came from, which was your subconscious putting decisions into place to keep you safe. You put them there, you get to change them. That's an important part of the intellectual part of this, to get your intellect on your team. Yeah. Then when you remove resistance, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, all of a sudden resistance is out of the way. And now you're, that cosmic river of desire no longer has a dam in it. Now we're in creative tension. Now we're in creativity. And now attention, we're also going to put a positive spin on tension. Mm. It's not your hard shoulders that hurt at night. No, tension is the very thing that will pull you toward your dream coming true. The path of least resistance. Oh, I love that, right? The Robert Fritz book, you know, uh, you know, so good. It's just so good. So anyway, I want to talk just a little bit about why I want to talk about these things and yeah. why I think I'm the one who can. Yeah. You know, I mentioned Please. 
you know, in the last episode, you know, I talked about my 30 year career in professional show business, right? Now I'm talking about creation and the structure of creation and where I learned how to do that is in working for directors and choreographers that the companies that I work for would hire. So all of a sudden we have a temporary boss, right? Who's gonna come in with this wild idea for a new Swan Lake or a new Nutcracker or a new whatever story we're telling. Right, and there's this fanciful idea, there's designers, there's ridiculous things that have to happen. And it's not my job to say no. I'm not allowed to say no. I don't get to say no. I have to create on demand. Now as a 20 year old, I was like right, right out of theater school, art, creation, show business was magic to me. And I would say yes to anything to have a job, right? I, did, I had no clue how metaphysically profound this was at the time. I was just like, yeah, we're gonna do a thing. Let's build a new Samson and Delilah. Let's build a new, you know, whatever, whatever it is. If you need a, a 40 foot dragon by Friday at four. That was a real request, right? <laughs> you know, and I don't get to say no, which means I'm saying how. Okay, I have this much time, I have this much resources, I have this much knowledge, and here's where I need help. And all of those things are saying yes. So now I'm in a creative structure. I'm not saying no, I'm saying how. So all of a sudden, you know, without looking at myself and my own needs, I realized I am creating like crazy. I'm saying yes to the universe to do things I don't know how to do, I've never been trained to do, but I need a 40 foot dragon by Friday at four. And ta it happens, right? And all of a sudden, they make the thing about working in show business like that, now you have a costume designer, a set designer, prop master, you have dancers and singers and whatever it is, all of the entire artistic talent pool. Now they have an end result target in common called eight o'clock opening night curtain goes out with or without you. And it does every time, you know, are you gonna be there or not? And if you're not, the show will still go on. Everyone else will be angry at you because they're gonna pull off what you didn't and the show goes on, right? Now this is magic and I learned to trust that this is amazing. But then all of a sudden on my journey, you know, I'm, here I am doing this professional showbiz thing. That was my dream as a boy, right? And nobody could tell me no. Everyone was in college and in high school and scholarships, all of a sudden we're like, oh, you better have a plan B. You know, you better have another career because showbiz, you're never going to make any money. But that was not the option for me. I was like, no, I'm doing this thing. And I did it. And I went out there and I did it. Then, and I mentioned like in the last episode, I was in Edinburgh when it occurred to me that dream had come true. Right. Now my wounding happens when I realized I had not dreamt past that moment. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, it's so all of a sudden I get to go, where am I suffering? This is when I got sick. This is when I got in trouble at work because all of a sudden I wasn't passionate about it anymore. It became a, a slave job because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in my love about it anymore. And then all of a sudden all my life was falling apart and getting sick, of course, when your body says, wake up, slow down, right? Bottom out, time to do something different. Yeah. Right, so that's my breakthrough moment. So, okay, now I'm gonna search, right? I'm broken. I think I'm broken. I have to heal my, you know, I had HIV and full-blown AIDS and I was sick as a dog and my job was not working. And I went searching. What is my search at this point? Let's take classes. I'm broken, I have to fix something. You know, obviously I'm the common denominator of all of this tragedy in my life. It's me that all of that has in common. I have to fix Clearly. Me. 
Yep. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I start going on that journey to say, okay, where am I at? And then all of a sudden I wake up a little bit. I remember some joy, some of my coaching and the classes that I'm starting to take are asking me to feel it. Uh, Corey, you're talking about your suffering. You're talking about how miserable it is. You're totally aware of what you're running away from. Are you at all aware of where you want to go? The life you want to create? Have you done your dreaming? And it hit me. No, I hadn't. I'd stopped dreaming. I did not dream at all past a career in show business. And well, once that box was checked, what was I to do next? You know, so all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what I want to do. Right. So all of a sudden I did the search, you know, and I read then, you know, like plant medicine where you and I met in that world where all of a sudden I was asked to go inside and say, oh, right, let's look at your joy. Let's look at what makes you happy. And what, com what comes to me was a remembrance of what I'm naturally good at, which is to make people feel good. Like I'm, you know, at the life of a party, like I can make an entire room laugh. I can, I can walk into a room of very sad people and bring relief. I can walk into, you know, somebody who's really in pain and bring comfort, mm -hmm. right? And then in so doing and being in service to others, I realize I'm in service to myself in a really, really big way. So here I am, you know, on the other side of that now where I go, okay, my dream is to feel good and to help others feel good. Because when we feel good, we put down our victim mindset we put down our wounding and realize that our wounding is turning into wisdom right every all of these pains and struggles of our past were there on purpose yeah they're not on, they're not fun they're painful they're difficult and they're, they are for a reason but you're still breathing yeah. you're still alive you're still going you know so okay what is the lesson that we can move forward and in order to find those lessons, you know, to, to manifest the world that we want to live, we have to emotionalize it. Mm. So now if, you're in your, if you're still in your wounding and you're still suffering and you're thinking about your suffering and how much it hurts or how uncomfortable it is all the time, you're making more of that. And that's okay. That's just where you are. There's nothing wrong with that. And so here I am, I want to hold a candle up in the wind and say, that's not the only choice. Let's remember the swing set and the butterflies in our tummy right here, right now. What did that feel like? And then what else feels like that? What else right here, right now feels like that? Yeah, what's your question? So I've had this, and I've also heard this from other people when I have created similar kinds of things is like, well, but then isn't that just repression? Aren't you just suppressing and repressing your real emotions? And isn't that unhealthy? You know, if I ignore the wounding and I just focus on the joy. Well, if you are ignoring the wounding, I think that can be unhealthy. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, res I resonate with that really big right now, Sarah, you know, because in my own work, especially in the last week or two on my own meditation, my own morning ritual of morning pages and doing my work, putting my money where my mouth is, if I'm going to be doing work and teaching others to do this work, I better be doing the work too. Yeah. You know, and I've just discovered I've got some deep anger, 
some deep anger that I've been working with that I didn't know was anger until maybe a week ago. And all of a sudden I have enough strength and confidence with my own journey to go, Ooh, I've, I've been angry about some things for a long time and I have not dealt with it. And it's stopping me from doing other things, you know? So all of a sudden I'm ready to look at that anger. I wasn't ready before. I was still growing and still working on myself and loving myself and taking a class and doing some meditation and doing whatever I can manage to do inside my situation every day. You know, but I'm not ignoring my old emotions when I'm talking about choosing the ones you want to feel. You're not erasing them. We're just adding to where your focus is. Like, okay, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, where are you spending the majority of your time? Are you really spending the majority of your time running away from things that are painful in your consciousness? What are you focused on? And how much of that time of your day, your valuable conscious focus is being spent on something that you love? Where is your attention on the things that you love? Now, so this is the definition of a true choice. What is a true choice? It's something that you love, period, the end. That makes it a true choice. If it's, an, if it's a choice that has any other definition, it's a stepping, it's a stepping stone on the path toward a true choice, right? And so the, like those, those divine true choices, the first four, you know, that I work with in my practice in, in the magnetic mind and, you know, in the work of um, Chris Duncan, the first one is to live a life you love. And the next true choice is to choose health and vitality. And then the next one is to know your true nature and purpose. And then the next one is to be the predominant creator of your life. Those are the four you can choose first right? You choose those first, a life you love, health and vitality, true nature and purpose, and predominant creator. So if you're just starting to meditate, and you're just trying to figure out what you want, you don't know what you want, start there. I want to live a life I love. Okay, let's start with that. So what does that mean? Do you even know what you want? Do you even know what you're dreaming about? Some, a lot of us have not done our dreaming, especially if we're busy hurting. And I just resonate so much with your story of, I did a lot of dreaming in college and in medical school. I mean, like my first job out of college was to be a whitewater rafting guide. Cause I'd been dreaming about being a whitewater rafting guide since I was six. I'm pretty sure it happened the day that my family was going to go whitewater rafting in Pennsylvania. Yes, that's a thing. You can do it there. And they had asked what the age limit was and the age limit was five. So my mom's like, oh, this is great. Sarah can go with us. And we get there and I was so excited and there was a height limit. And I was very small as a child and I was smaller than most five-year-olds. And so I didn't make the height limit and I couldn't go whitewater rafting. And I was so devastated. And I'm pretty sure the reason I was a raft guide for five years was because of that moment. But I did, I dreamt into that. I had a chemistry degree and my first job was raft guiding. I dreamt into moving to Salt Lake City and, you know, skiing full-time and working at the ski resorts. And I did that. I dreamt into going to medical school and becoming a naturopath. And I did that. And I dreamt into being able to run a successful practice from anywhere in the world and creating a consulting business. And I did that. And I didn't dream past that point. Yep. And I've been, this question's come up in a couple different ways over the last 
18 months is the first time I actually realized this was back when I was working with another coach. And I literally hit this wall where I was like, I have everything I said I ever wanted and I'm not that happy. Mm -hmm. What the hell is wrong with me? Problem solve, criticize myself. And the coach I was working with at the time had actually acknowledged that there's death to a dream. And I was grieving the loss of the dream because it's not a dream anymore. It was my reality. I'd fulfilled it. And then this last, I, I was just working on doing some of this work in March when the pandemic started. And then I go in full emergency mode, taking care of people. People around me are getting sick. Like my doctor stuff all comes in and I'm sick by May, June, July, you know, and Mm -hmm. that was my breaking point. And I can see now as you're like going through this, like I'm just mapping myself right onto the whole thing. And so I get that about true choice. And then these four, what did you call them? The four? The four true choices. Oh yeah. Great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the first four. Yeah. Start there. Because when you start unpacking those four true choices, everything else falls into place and there's underneath that umbrella. There's yeah. a beautiful place to be. So we both arrived at a place of when we, we had a dream, but then we didn't dream further. But I want to go back one step and say, let's, what is the power of dreaming? Dreaming creates motivation. Dreaming creates action. Dreaming creates inspiration, which gets you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Right. And so when we dream an idea, it's because it feels good. First and foremost, hey, yeah, that would be fun that with your friends or an idea or there's a passion or it's something that you want to think about. There's something you want to spend your time doing. So you're creating something that isn't here yet in that dream. Now, I love this right here. This dream becomes a future memory. And I love memories of the future right? Because you've Mm. thought about it. It's not here yet. You haven't created it yet. But now you're going to think about it again. You're going to redream the dream, replay the dream. And the more we redream and replay, we emotionalize it, just like remembering butterflies on the swing set in our tummy. Enjoy. Here it is. Like, okay, I'm going to blow wind into the sails of my new dreams by emotionalizing my future memory. And the more times I revisit that dream, the more details of that dream I come back with. Oh my God, that's what color the carpet is. Oh my God, there's a balcony. Oh my God, there's a a pool, (laughs) you know, or whatever. You know, whatever the dream gets bigger every time you revisit the dream. And every time that dream gets bigger, we feel it bigger. Oh my God, there's a swimming pool. Who knew? I've been here for three weeks, didn't even see the swimming pool, right? Wow, then there's this amazement, this inspiration, this excitement. Now this is that power of joy. Here is that power of inspiration that says, well, what if, you know? Oh my God, now there's an open-ended possibility in your dream. It's bigger than me and, and there's no period on the end of the sentence. What if, where do we go from here, right? And, so, and that got you through medical school, right? It got you skiing. Yeah. It got me in show business. You know, it got me in New Mexico, you know, on private property, you know, several months a year. These dreams that we dreamt came true. It got me uh-huh. here in, this is the most elegant, beautiful, peaceful, amazing house I've ever had the privilege to live in. And yep. I never even stepped foot in it until 
a few weeks ago after I'd bought it because it was like that dream of returning to family and being close to where my family was, but I hadn't done the detail work around it. So it, that was part of, I think also not a problem. It's what, what I did, but like, there's been a lot of fear in the last couple months around this move. I've known in my gut, my heart, my soul, that this is the right thing to do. I've just, I have known that. And that's what kept me moving forward. And I tend to make this mean something. The universe seemed pretty in alignment too, because every door flew open. There was very few obstacles. Like it just like, you know, pretty darn well. And I can see though, where I didn't spend the time in dreaming the dream because I've had these like hurling myself off the cliff kind of thing without, you know, looking without, without leaping, without looking experience about this. And there's been this like dead end of, okay, now I'm here. Now what? But it's felt closed in and restrictive. But what I'm getting right now is like going from, well, oh shit, now what to what if, what if, <laughs> what no. if not like, you know, and, and just right now I can like start to, okay, now what, what if, and what if opens the dream? Because what if, what if your dream came true? What if everybody's happy in the end? What if everyone's struggles all of a sudden makes sense? What if our wounding turns into wisdom. What if I get to be happy? What if I get to wake up in inspiration and in aha moments more often? What if, right? And I love to hang out in this place, you know, and there's a big part of my coaching practice called the Dream Cafe. For people who've not done their dream. Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Dream Cafe is a meditation that I like, that, you know, it's about 40 minutes where I lead and guide through an invitation where you get dropped off in the limousine to this fancy, fancy place and up the escalator, the glass hotel into the dream cafe where all creation awaits you. And then we go through the menu together about what's possible for you to open the possibility of what's real. We're not gonna do that today, sadly, we don't have time. But I wanted to say, okay, all of a sudden, like. Like just Sarah talking about the Dream Cafe, watching your, we're on Zoom, I can see your face. We're on yep. a, those of you in podcast world missed this. But the second I brought that up, your shoulders dropped, your smiled and you went, oh, what, there's more? Like your whole body language opened. And that's the magic of dreaming, right? All of a sudden we step into that high vibration of joy, of possibility, no matter what the current situation. Like, like right now, Sarah, I know you've totally forgotten about all of these struggles that I know you're having. Well, the one that, I mean, it hit me hard was what if everyone is happy in the end? And like, that's still, I've got that, like, Justin and I call it laugh crying. We're like, Mm -hmm. I'm like hit with this emotion of like almost sadness, but it's not sadness, these tears, but it's like this, this overwhelm. And I can feel it coming up my chest and into my throat. And like, you know, in my dream always has been that like, I'm on the planet for that reason to have people, you know, I don't use the word happy that often, but it is that to be happy, to be healthy, to be fulfilled, to fulfill their life's purpose, to fulfill their dream, to have whatever they're dealing with. And, you know, my route happened to be through medicine and healing 
illness and physical disease. Duh. I had my first asthma attack when I was nine months old. I've dealt with that path. That's the path I've walked my whole life. So of course, that's the thing that I chose as my tool set. And I would even go so far as to say, when I created this life in whatever consciousness I came from before, I picked asthma and allergies and mononucleosis and pulmonary issues and being sick as a kid as my route to lead me here, to be part of my process, to be able to have this, you Mm -hmm. know, and, but that's like my greatest thing. And that's when I watch my most suffering comes up is when, and I, my head gets me trapped in, there's, there's no way to win. I can't win at this. There's no win-win out of this. It's, I'm going to suffer. You're going to suffer, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I know this is the right thing to do, but it sucks for everybody. Oh God, that goes against everything. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. You mentioned it earlier about tension pulls you towards your dream. Yep. And I think I've experienced this because I mean, literally Justin and I have had conversations, which is like, it's time to complete our relationship and conceptually on the phone, I could do it. And then as soon as we were together and the reality, like, he'd put his stuff in this pile and he'd take his stuff away from like my whole body wanted to throw up. There was some tension there. Mm -hmm. And I've literally said to my sister who I talk to every single day, what the hell is that? Why? Like, like my brain's telling me this logical conversation of this is what, you know, and this is how it should go. And my something else is literally like, "Mm -mm, no, nope, nope. You're not going that way. So let me, I want to explain a little bit about that because I love that you brought brought back tension. And we were talking about resistance too. Yeah. Well, and it's all part of this because resistance is a very good thing. And resistance, well, let's take a step back. It's about structure, right? Everything has structure. Physical hard items have structure. Ideas and dreams have structure. Energy has structure, right? So structure then has things in the way of it, like, so you're, like I'm in a house right now, there's obviously wood and plaster and boards structure and there's gravity that holds it down, right? But there's also erosion and time that are making it fall down, right? So there's, that's a structure. Ideas and beliefs have structure. Like I'm not, I'm the belief I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy has structure to say, all right, if you're not worthy of something, Although you may desire it, you may seek out to go get the thing you want, but because you believe you're not worthy, you sabotage it and it falls apart. So that's structure. Now, tension. Now, if you can imagine, you have a rubber band around two, your two pointy fingers and you're pulling that rubber band tight, right? Now there's tension between those two rubber bands. Now on that first finger, let's call that your current reality where you are right here right now with your struggles and your pains and your joys and your celebrations and all of it, your questions, all of it in your current reality. On the other finger is your desired reality, what you want to create, your goal, your end result, where you're trying to go, right? And if all of a sudden you've got that rubber band and you're pulling it tight, which finger has more information? your suffering finger of your current reality or your future reality acting as if your dream has already come true, mm. right? So which, which finger is pulling the other one toward it? 
Most of us, our current reality and our victim mindset, right where we are in our suffering and struggle, nothing wrong with that. I want to remind everybody out there in the world, we all struggle. We all do it. It's the possibility of learning and growing. That's all that's going on. You're not broken. You're doing it right. Your train is on time. All of those things. However, the other finger, your desired reality, the dream that isn't here yet, like the power of dreaming. Okay, I'm dreaming of a future that consists of this house, this car, these people, this much money, this relationship. And now let's take that dream even further. And this is what it will feel like when I have those things. I will feel good in this relationship and this house will house my, me and my favorite things so that I can have my tribe over for dinner and have holidays and traditions. And I have an office where I can think and grow and teach and offer things to the world. And oh my God, these dreams I'm having are getting more and bigger and I, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden that desired reality becomes stronger. And that, that tension on that rubber band starts pulling your current reality toward it. Now, this is creative tension, creative tension. Now, this is awesome. Now, this is the benefits of having a coach. This is the benefits of my practice. This is probably the most fun I have with my clients is to switch craft yep. into this world of limitless possibility. Because once you start, you, when you arrive at the wizard's gate of the human journey where you get into possibility, and then there's the dream. Oh my God, I, what, I, I, what if I do get to have that? What if I can have this dream, right? Then also you get to experience the emotion of this dream that could happen. Now, next step, resistance. Yeah, but dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know, that's all fine and good, except I'm not worthy. I'm not perfect. I don't get to for whatever reason. Now, understanding this resistance. Now, Lester Levinson, one of my heroes, he has a quote about resistance, and it's this. Resistance is just a set of programs that subconsciously stops us from experiencing our beingness and our limitlessness. If one would let go of resistance, they would immediately see what they really are, whole, complete, and unlimited. I love that quote. Can you say it one I, more time just so that yes. now we can like fully, yeah. Yes, Master Levinson, resistance is just a set of programs that subconsciously stops us from experiencing our beingness and our limitlessness. If one would let go of resistance, they would immediately see what we really are, whole, complete, and unlimited. Mm. Okay, now resistance. Once again, let's have a reminder. These beliefs that create resistance, like I don't get to, I don't want to, they came from when we were kids on the human journey, when we put beliefs into place that said, I'm not good enough because it kept us safe at the time. It got us what we needed at the time. But now later in life, standing at the wizard's gate, realizing that these old beliefs that create actions, right, no longer serve us. And we get to change them. We made them then, we can create and change them now. You know, the wake up call, the fact that we get to change at that level, that's why I'm a coach, is to say, okay, let's get your intellect on your side so that you understand the possibility of change with some neuroscience and what's going on with your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and your super conscious mind. 
let's get all three of those on the same team, right? So you're not having an inner battle around making a future dream come true to manifest that future memory that you're creating. When resistance shows up, it's such an awesome opportunity to, to be self-aware and say, oh, I used to think that and it served me, but it doesn't serve me now, which is why it hurts. So it's uncomfortable. And now we can look into how to change that and how to remove that resistance. Now, this is where I'm certified. This is my magic. Yeah. You know, where we look at resistance and we remove resistance. Once resistance is out of the way, you know, like when we listen to Stephen Cotter and all these other people who talk about flow and flow structure, that's what they're talking about is all of a sudden the resistance is out of the way and dreaming becomes that creative tension of the future pulling your current reality toward it. And all you get, and then at that point, you, you jump in the back seat of the convertible and you eat popcorn along the way. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Yeah. But at first you gotta make it happen. You know, you gotta break some habits. You gotta think about your thoughts and get you there right? We got to get you there. So creative structure and tension, you know, and in my work, there's five steps, right? These basic five steps. Now this is about the, the superconscious recode and this, the recode is an offer. You invite the superconscious to have a conversation to work with your subconscious, right? Your subconscious holds the rules, but your subconscious takes its direction from your superconscious. And now your superconscious is the all of you, it's your soul, it's your mm. spirit. It's the part of you that knows everything you've ever been, past lives, past everything, past everythings, future everything. Future everythings, yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's, why don't we invite your superconscious to coffee with your conscious self and your subconscious self and we can do some work together, That's right? Now, and there's a whole bunch we can talk about with that, but these five steps that I work with in my practice all the time. The first one is what do you wanna create? The second one, what would it be like to have that? Now that's that, that, oh my God, that dream. What would it be like for my dream to come true to act as if it's already here? Third step, well, what's it like right now? Your current reality, where are you at right now? Now, what did we just do? We built creative tension. We set up creative tension in your intellect so that you can see where you are on your path and why. And then we're gonna say, okay, fourth step, what is your resistance to that? And one to 10, you know, like one being no resistance. It's happening now. I'm in the backseat eating bonbons, waiting for it to happen. 10 being no way ain't happening. I don't believe it, right? We find some resistance. Then we're going to go in, do some recode work together in a coaching situation and say, okay, let's remove that resistance. Let's do that work. Then after that work is done, resistance has come down, if not been removed. That last beautiful step is obvious next steps to your dream coming true. And usually you fly out of your seat at that point because nothing's in the way. Oh my God, I get to have that house or that relationship or that new job or that new money, that new idea. I get to be in that new emotional center of myself. I'm gonna love myself enough to give me that dreaming gift. There it is, right? Okay, let's do this homework together, you know? And the great thing about this work, once you work with creation at this level, like one of my favorite things about my coaching practice is I get to a place where my, my clients no longer need me. Yeah. They graduate. In it. They just get you it. Know? Yeah, totally. And then they create and create and create. And then just by the, like a, the byproduct of creation is that the people in their world 
their inner circle, their family, their lovers, yeah. their, their colleagues, they've sensed the change in them. And then, then creation becomes contagious. Yeah. And boy, does the world need this now more than ever. And I just want to totally shamelessly plug you in. I think one of the places you have so much to contribute, I mean, to everybody, but particularly in coaching coaches, because it takes a particular perspective and level of mastery to be able to provide coaching to people who coach naturally, that they always do that. And so it's a big deal. So that whole space of what you just created filled in some gaps for me. And like, I've been in the realm, I'm not a certified life coach. I'm not a certified coach, but I've participated a lot in coaching programs and I've been able to provide aspects of performance coaching, which I'm particularly really trained in of just literally like building integrity. What are the next action steps? What's, you know, but there's something in what you created just now that filled in some spaces for me of I've not spent enough time actually allowing myself to create the tension. I've done a lot to try and either ignore it, skip over it, or just move like, okay, what do you want to create? What are you going to do about it? What do you want to create? What are you going to do about it? What do you want to create? What are you going to do about it? And that's been hard for me. Like I, I can do it to a certain degree. I can force myself to just take action but it often comes with a whole, it's not free. It's not unlimited. I am not sitting in the back of a convertible popping, eating popcorn. You know, it's like, I'm nauseous and I have to heroically push myself pushing to take these actions, you know, pushing a boulder up a hill and I've done it. And, and I actually think. And you're good at it. Uh, unfortunately quite good at it. And I think that that's actually part of the lesson of the chronic fatigue syndrome is, is the life my body, the wisdom of my body, life and universe said, uh-uh, Sarah, you're not going to go all the way until your 103rd birthday living that life. And at 40 years old, it shut off my ability to push boulders up hills. <laughs> yeah. And I went, ha, how do I get anything done? Right. And it's been this whole new space. And I like, I've gotten a little bit healthier and I'm now in this new phase. And so I started pushing boulders again. And it's mm -hmm. not going to work for me. And I know that. And like, oh my God. And now we need part three. Cause I'm already like, and then, and then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Big you know, deal. Standing what we want to create. You know, I mean, I really think that's the place to begin. Cause so yep. many of the, the, the next obvious action steps. And I love that because when we remove resistance, the next steps are ridiculously obvious. It yeah. doesn't matter what you want to create, no matter how big or how wild your dream could be. But when you step into the realm of possibility, the next step is the next step. And the one after that is the next step. Now, mm -hmm. I know that you work with, when you work with your clients, it's, there's a framework and structure that's very similar to mine with yep. my clients in this way. It's like, okay, I'm going to meet my client where you're at. I call this the cosmic bridge. I'm going to meet you where you're at on your path. And we're going to do some intake. We're going to do some exploration so that I understand as the coach where you're at, where you're struggling, why you're here, and where do you, what do you want? Where are you going? What's your true choice? What's your end result? Right? And then we go, then we start moving together forward. We start creating together forward. Now, that's a beautiful structure of creation. And the, and the great thing about working with somebody else is that and then all of a sudden there's accountability. Like, oh, I have a call with Sarah in three days and I haven't done I'm my I'm going to get the assignment I'm gonna, done. Totally. Do my thing. 100%. Yeah. I'm going to do my homework. 
Yeah. Right. And, and that's, so that's a great thing to, to be accountable. Because we for sure can go and find not this per se, but aspects of these things in books and in worksheets and all of that. And even if that ends up being a path for some people, I still recommend accountability. Get your friends together and set mm-hmm. it up as a as a book club or set it up as a workbook club or yep. you know, decide that we're gonna do this together. You know, there's a group of my friends that we did this last year. Mm-hmm. And we created these phone calls that we had about once every three to four weeks all through this last year to keep us moving through the pandemic. And, you know, we started out with a workbook that we did together in order to create some things newly. And then we moved into being in action on those items. And these phone calls were when we followed up, what are our breakthroughs? What are our breakdowns and where do we need support? And each person shared about that. And we actually just recently have completed those calls because we realized we did what we set out to do. And now Mm -hmm. we're in a whole new place out. I think there were 11 of us in the calls, like five new people got new jobs. Two of us bought new houses. There was no, three of us bought, no, she sold her house. Someone got divorced. Someone else is about to get complete a divorce that's been hanging out there for like three years of not getting complete all the way through. Like new lives have been created all just, and literally all we did was one phone call for an hour and a half, every four weeks, each person had five minutes to share and they shared what are my breakdowns? What are my breakthroughs? We got to, cause sharing the acknowledgement, sharing what we have yes. accomplished. Cause we're, we're shitty at that. Most of us, you know, here's what I've actually accomplished. Here's what I've done. And then what are the requests for support? And that might've been as simple as please send me happy emojis and memes to just keep <laughs> me cheerleaded along the way, you know, or right. whatever. And then little side things came out of it. And all 11 of us moved through this last year at least with that base structure. And then imagine working with a coach, having somebody that it's their career, their designated area of study to be able to support this process. I mean, I I do everything with a coach. I have a business coach. I've got my naturopathic physician. I have a, a life coach that supports the wholeness of it all. You know, and sometimes I move through different practitioners. At one point, this is the perfect person for a couple of years or a year, and then I shift, and it might that relationship's complete and move into a new area to explore it. But I, I wouldn't get anything done without that structure. <laughs> well, absolutely, and you know, yeah. the accountability piece, like that, like there's a part of my practice. Yeah, of course, I work one on one. That you know, and that's that's the VIP package for yeah. sure. But the group coaching, yeah. like all of a sudden, like some, oh, like I have a, a group on Facebook that is a free coaching group you know, where all of a sudden you, then you get tribe with each other to do this very thing you're talking about. Yeah. Now the benefits we just talked about, the thing about doing it alone, especially if you're going to go read a book, there's a big difference between reading about all of these cool things. Like you can buy all the books and read all the books, but reading about the work isn't doing the work. No. You know, so no. Yeah. And so the accountability piece is going to be, okay, did you do the reading to understand what we're talking about? And then did you get out the workbook and fill it in? Yeah. You know, did and you- did you take the actions between last week and this week to start to exactly. create that new reality? All exactly. of it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's real. That's yeah. just real, you know? So here we are, you know, this beautiful place of how do you, how do you create that life you love? Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, you remember and choose how you want to feel in the world. So big, so powerful, and so simple. 
remember and choose how you want to feel every day and then stop and feel it. Stop and feel it, you know, and if you need a little help with that, then, you know, call somebody you love and say, hey, can we remember a joyous time together and fill in the details together? Call somebody you love and say, do you remember that time when we went to the amusement park? Or do you remember that time when we had dinner, you know, and a famous movie star walked in? Or do you remember that time? And blow wind into those sails. Feel the emotions that you want to feel, especially if you're not feeling that way. First step, yeah. first step, because like I said, that opens aha moments. It brings back inspiration and new ideas and creative imagination. And then from there, we start to dream. And then we dream possibilities, things that feel good. We implement some of those true choices that, oh, true choice, what is that? It's because I love that. No other reason. I'm making a true choice because it feels amazing. It makes me smile. It brings laughter to my heart. It twinkles in my eyes, true choices. And then when you start hanging out in those four true choices, living a life you love. Okay, what is that? What makes you happy? What would it be to wake up and, and have your ideal day? You know, health and vitality. What would it be to understand that you are at least 90% perfectly healthy all the time and put your focus there as opposed to on your diagnosis? And feel and strong on, and capable. And, and on your vitality, you are yeah. vital. You are important. Yeah. Your heart is pumping nutrition to all the things it needs cosmically, literally, and otherwise. Right. And then your true nature and purpose. Why are you here? What is the gift that your life is here to bring? How are you going to leave this planet better than you found it? Right. What is your true nature and purpose? What is the work that you get to do that isn't work? It isn't the job you go punch into. It's the, I can't wait to think about that. I can't wait. I'm, I want more. I, oh, I have to have it. And then stepping into owning the responsibility of your existence and being the predominant creator of everything in your world. You always have been. Yeah. You're not learning how to do that. You are that already. You're already a master creator. But now let's put some thoughts in your brain that you that are desirable, that feel good. What would you choose to create? How do you want to feel? And here we are. You know, with those building blocks, all kinds of things become possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This was just like, God, the most effortless conversation too. I love it. Like just how the whole thing experienced and flow. And I tried to do my best, like I said, to not have this be a coaching session. However, you guys can't see this, but I took so many notes. I have like this page, but it was just, it was so, thank you, Corey. This is so relevant. Yep. Well, you know, in COVID, and I think we're so where we are right now of like little moles coming out from under the underworld blinking out into the sunlight and and it's sort mm -hmm. of like like there is this world we're living in of we got told to stop we needed to stop we got told to sit still we went into our spaces we did a lot of that internal either hanging out or I, I but I know a lot of people did a lot of internal processing and a lot of inner work this last year and now there's 
starting to safely and slowly come back out into the world. And the question becomes, are we just going to go back to the way it was? Or what can we do to create the lives we love, to create a new way of being for ourselves and our communities? Right. Well, you know, what we've been talking about today sets the course around our values. Yeah. You know, and I, I, this is, I would, this is kind of where I want to button up what we're here to talk about today is values. And when we're dreaming something amazing and it feels good, all of a sudden our values change. When we're in our victim mindset, right? And we're proving to the world that we are a victim and the world happens to me, that's a different set of values. There's still values. They're not good or bad, better than the others. They're just different values. Our values create our beliefs and our beliefs create our behaviors. Now I'm gonna say that again, because this is so big and so true. Our values create our beliefs and our beliefs create our behaviors, right? So what we're focused on is a good revelation, a revealing of what you value. Are you valuing how much pain you're in by proving it to the world with everything you say and do? That's nothing, that's not good or bad, right or wrong. That's just where you're at on the cosmic bridge. That's okay, right? But all of a sudden you dream inspiration. You wanna feel some happiness. You want a new job, whatever. And all of a sudden you go, what if I'm going to imagine that dream has already come true? What's it, what will it be like when? And then you step into that. Now your values have changed, right? Now, all of a sudden that resistance goes away because your values have changed, right? This old belief about what you couldn't have is now different to what you can have. Now you have different values. Now you have different behaviors, those obvious next action steps. What a sweet place to begin, right? You know, you know working with a coach, there's four or five more steps. We don't have time for that today. Yeah. And that's what I'm here to do. Yeah. You know, like you can come visit me on my website. You I was know, just going to say, we'll have all yeah. of that in our show notes is, you know, corytimecoaching.com. We'll have that. And then that's we'll also- right there make sure that, yeah. you know, I'm imagining that there'll be, there's access from there for your Facebook group and things like that, that people can start to get connected to. Yeah. Well, the first thing is you'll, you know, you'll send me an email directly and I answer my own emails. Great. And then once we figure out what's going on for you, then we'll get you set up. Yeah. You know, we'll figure out, I'm going to meet you on the cosmic bridge, right where you're at. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that VIP service, you know, but, you know, but I, so, so I'm not keeping a secret like these next four steps that I work on that will, that's the, what's happening here. And you can look this up on your own if you don't do it with me, because I'm not going to keep a secret from you. One of them is the human journey education. And we talked about it a little bit, but that's understanding resistance and creative tension. Why you're resisting in the first place and what happens when you change it, right? The next piece would be you install the possibility of change. Now, this is when you start working with your subconscious, your conscious and your superconscious mind all on the same team. You get your intellect and your emotions on the same team, right? And once again, this removes resistance in a gigantic way. And then we start working with the superconscious recode to say, all right, not only are we going to use the superconscious to remove resistance, but we're also going to use the superconscious, which knows everything about you, because it is you, it's all of you, to say, all right, your future dreams have even more details. Let's bring it forward. Right. Let's invite your future self to come talk to you about what you need to hear today. All kinds of things with your superconscious, right? And then, of course, massive action plan, obvious next steps. You put it into play. 
Mm-hmm. No, we create, there's the structure to create the life you love. And the accountability yeah. to actually fulfill on it. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Please, you know, look these things up, everybody out there. Yeah. You get to, you get to, you yeah. get to live a life you love. You get to, you get to, you get to. We all yeah. deserve it fully. Mm-hmm. What we were here for. Uh, Sarah Marshall, you're one of my favorite people ever. Oh my gosh, Corey, I same right back at you. We get to grow old together already. Decided yes. that fully. Speaking of creation. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, awesome. more time with you every single time, Sarah. This has been fabulous and such a massive contribution. I mean, it's just like, I'm going to have to listen to this one four more times for myself. And I know other people will definitely be and we'll have all of the resources in our show notes on our website, sarahmarshallnd.com. And we've got your information and brilliant, 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 brilliant. And yeah. I am certain there will be a chapter three to this at some point in our future oh, as things it. continue. And oh mm-hmm. my gosh, just well, I'm looking you forward so to uh, some one-on-one time where we can go through your notes and all uh, look yeah. at some juicy detail. For oh sure. my gosh, fully. Yep. I we'll need some time in the round room. For uh, session Good. three. Totally. Yes. Be fun. Well, Sarah, I adore you and uh, can't wait to be in your presence every Thank time. Thank you so much until we get to do it again. Inspired by you and the success of Heal, we are now a community of over 4,500 incredible listeners. We will be launching some courses and workshops in 2021. Be the first to know about them by joining our mailing list at sarahmarshallnd.com. Thank you to today's guest, Corey Three-Wing Thorell, for his passion and exuberance for life. For a full transcript and all of the billions of resources for today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com backslash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our kick-ass editor, Kendra Vicken. As always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.